You gotta stop doing that, man. It <laughs> <laughs> was <We're>, dancing. <laughs> I don't know if I call it dancing. Sure shimmy. Shimmy. It's just shimmy. I was gyrating. Oh, That's God. horrifying. No, call it dancing. Uh, <laughs> Alright, guys. Sure, <laughs> shit gonna dry. Yeah. Um, welcome back, Barstool Politics. Um, I am here this week with uh, uh, Suzanne, Bill, and Phil. Um, yeah, uh, crazy week again, guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. We, sh- we should point out that uh, Phil now has a much better microphone, so the listeners will enjoy uh, hearing Phil in per- soothing sound. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be easier to hear me or understand me. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're chugging along with this thing. If you guys haven't done so already, we're going to keep plugging this ad nauseum. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, at Barstool Politics. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, we're on Facebook, at Barstool Politics. We're on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Barstool Pol. Yeah, because somebody else took the full Barstool Politics, so we're Barstool P-O-L. Okay. Yeah. A piece of shit. Yeah. And, and... <laughs> And on yahoo.com email, right? Oh, yes, any, have you gotten your first email? I yes, almost yes. emailed you today just to say I was the first one. We got an email? We got an email. Uh, it was from Phil, but it still counts. Oh, okay. <laughs> was it, did it say test in the subject? Yes, he wanted to make sure I was checking it, and I was. Hi. Yes. Oh, so, horrible. yes, if you have any questions or ideas for the podcast, uh, shoot shoot us an email. More and, importantly uh, than anything, yeah. we're starting to run out of beers to try. So oh, please right. send suggestions on that. If we had to have tried 40 at this point yeah 30 40 something okay. yeah. like that um so yeah we're getting desperate and um the people at the liquor stores around here are starting to get annoyed with me asking if they have anything new <laughs> i i just i just polished off my first beer already yeah we, we took so long it's gonna be a good one guys buckle in let's do it that's gonna be in rare form <laughs> and the new mic it's all yeah. happening mm-hmm. So we should we start with the speech? Yes. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. So the speech, the uh, Trump speech to the joint uh, session of Congress last night. Not a State of the Union address. Not a State of the uh-huh. Union, but similar in terms of the feel. Yes. Uh, we talked about going around and, and maybe grading his speech and a few few thoughts. Uh, Suzanne, you want to start? Sure. So, well, first, thanks for having me back. Mm-hmm. I clearly I've not made a total ass of myself that I'm back again. <laughs> yeah, uh, at least not yet. Um, so when we were talking about this earlier about giving the grade, I, I wanted to explain first that I think it's important to, for me at least, to grade on a curve, yeah. right? So mm. he is not a normal, quote, air quote, normal president for so many reasons as has been discussed on this podcast and in other places. So I said to Bill today, like, the bar is so low that thinking about how well he did is sort of this idea of a curve for yeah. me at least. So mm-hmm. given um, his normal behavior... <laughs> Yeah. As the baseline, sort of his his Twitter is Twitter is Yeah, I would say that this speech was like in the B range, right? You give him B. Okay. I would, and yeah. here, so here's why. She said it's on a curve. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's this true. is yeah. So like a thirty percent is a B, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's kind of the thing. Um, I I wasn't. I mean, I think when we talked about this on when I was on previously, I think I had said like I can't wait to hear what his first State of the Union is going to yeah. sound like, even though this isn't a, t- a, a technical State of the Union. Um, and I think a lot of what we said was, like, it's going to be a campaign speech. And that's exactly what it was. It was devoid of, of any real substance. It was platitudes. It was restating the things he mm-hmm. said he was going to do and saying, like, in my first 30 days, I've done this, 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 and I will continue to do this, this, and this. 
throwing in some some sort of conservative buzzwords, which yeah. he had done before. Mm-hmm. And he did it in a way where he, when he is scripted and he sounds presidential, that is why I would give him a B, mm-hmm. because he didn't sound like a complete idiot. Yeah. Like he normally does in press conferences and on Twitter and in interviews. And he's, it was clear he had, that was an intentional strategy. We're going to sure. try to make this look yes. presidential. For sure. For polling, for whatever reasons. For that sure. was a, yeah, it was a big change he of pace. He wanted to go off stri- uh, off script. Oh, he did. Oh, so tempted. You saw it. Yeah. So you, yeah, the ticks come so back. So bad. Oh, <laughs> the yes. arms yes. and the okays. Oh, and... yes. They oh, probably yeah. had a little. He was hooked up to some like little shocking machine, <laughs> and if, if he got off script, ban it was like. Mm-mm. Where somebody had like tweezers, like yank yes. out a chest hair or something yes. when he got too close to yes. it. So I, for those reasons, and similar to the one of the three debate performances where he seemed more presidential, mm-hmm. we were all like, "Oh, that was like actually not that bad." If you don't listen to the things that he wants to do, and mm-hmm. so as a as a citizen who does not agree with. Anything for mm-hmm. which he stands, like I give him an F because I don't like anything he wants to do with our government. But for the way the speech was delivered and what he wanted to accomplish with it, this is why I put him in the B range. Mm-hmm. Good, Phil. Yeah, give him the baseline. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I kept coming around to saying that I I would give him a C minus. Um. And and I think. So there was an interesting it's interesting that you mentioned grading on a curve. So James Fallows in The Atlantic had a really good piece today in which he talked about his response to I mean, the, the media reaction after the speech was almost universally positive. Yes. Right. Just yeah. raving about totally. how great it was and how presidential it was. And James Fallows basically is arguing um, that that's only because we're grading him on a curve. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he, he basically makes a point of if you go back and you forget everything you know about Donald Trump. If you had been dropped into this speech mm-hmm. and we're just comparing it to sort of presidential speeches, um, it, it, you know, it wasn't awful, right? Like, so, I mean, he, he passes, right? He, yeah. He, yeah. he was, he was restrained. Um, he hit on important points to him. Um, but it wasn't like rhetorically, it was, there were some really awkward times. He's not, I, I mean, He's much better when he's off, you know, just kind of ram like going off on his own. He's less. It was kind. Of, it was kind of boring. Yeah, right? I mean, it was totally boring. Yeah, <laughs> like, like most know, State of the Union speeches. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was boring. But yeah. but even even a State of the Union, yeah, even for the State of the Union, it was just kind of. Eh. But is that because uh, we compare, like you just said, we compare to what we expect of him? You said he's better when he's off script, but mm-hmm. I guess it depends on what better means. Like, yes, he's more interesting right. to watch, right. but he's also a fucking lunatic. Yeah, <laughs> you've kind of fallen into his trap. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. I'm just throwing that he's out there. Better. <laughs> he's better. He's better but he wasn't a lunatic last night, though. I mean, right, he was... that, that's what he's saying. Yeah. That's why he's boring. Yeah, he's, he's, he was better in terms of delivery, right? So, like, you know. He, he is better in terms of delivery when he's just on, you know, going on his own. But so, yeah, I mean, he was more restrained and presidential in that he wasn't saying crazy. S- I, well, I think I think that's my argument is that he was saying the same crazy stuff. He was just doing it in a more restrained. Yes. Way, right. So somebody yeah. there was somebody on Twitter that said last night, somebody within the White House described the speech as nationalism with an indoor voice, right? Which is kind of like the, mm. this idea of it's the same Bannon. It's the same Bannon rhetoric. It's just yeah. sort of toned down in a, you know, in a, in a less kind of uh, not American carnage. But but so anyway, James Fallows basically argues that rhetorically it was just meh. And, and um, 
Substance-wise, um, David Frum also had a piece in which they, they both are sort of arguing essentially that if you think about what a state of the union is for, which is to push your legislative agenda forward, um, it wasn't that successful. So sure. I, in the sense of he didn't, there weren't many specifics, right? He, he hit on Obamacare, but there wasn't any specific plan. It was just, we're going to do it bigger and better. He hit on lots of his talking points, but without any real kind of clear policy proposals. And the other aspect of so it's it's partly putting out your policy proposals and it's partly about building coalition. So he needs he needs Democrats um, and moderate Republicans on his side to pass his legislation. And I don't know that he necessarily accomplished that last night. But he mentioned he, bipartisanship twice. Right. What yeah. he did accomplish, I think. And he pointed at the Democrats when he did that. Yeah. Right. You, guys, you guys, you guys, you ladies you guys. in the white suits over there. You nasty women in the white suits. You. <laughs> what he did accomplish, I think, was uh, putting forth some semblance of sanity and normality. So I think, I think it will probably help him in terms of like approval ratings. I think the public will probably think relatively yeah. positively of it. Um, I don't know that it helps him in terms of his agenda, oh, for right? Sure. Which is which is what which is what State of the Union addresses should really, I mean, are ultimately really about. Which is why I give him a C minus, right? So it's it's passing, it's fine. If somebody gave me the draft of that speech as a paper, I'd be like, this is it's not developed, right? Develop your ideas. <laughs> Underdeveloped. Why? Why? How? Question mark. Underline. <laughs> so it's passing. There's ideas, but it 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 needed work. Needs yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So P C minus Nick, where you at? Uh, well, I'm going to give him an A plus for saying that Congress uh, doesn't know how to negotiate anything. <laughs> that was uh, that was good. Yes, yes. Uh, and like I, I mentioned before, we went on um, in the spirit of sticking with charter schools. Uh, I'm going to use some of their grading scales and say that he got a flying fish along with an alligator for spelling. Um, an alligator is a good thing. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm. Yeah, I, you guys pretty much hit on all the points. Uh, it wasn't very developed. It was a campaign speech. Uh, I I think he he's starting to develop a different persona. He he's. Mm -hmm. There's some part of him that knows, or at least people are starting to really get through to him, saying that the batshit crazy thing isn't going to keep flying. Um, and I, I think he, he did come from a more emotional standpoint, whether it was purely for mm -hmm. optics or not, he was able to exploit that in a beneficial way for himself and the Republicans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, as much as you want to talk that there was mention of bipartisanship, bipartisanship and coalition building, most of it was pretty much subconsciously sticking it to the Democrats. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I'd probably say C-minus range That's, for quality yeah. and, and, and effectiveness. Just just like always, Nick, you and I perfectly <laughs> on the same page. Right, I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <yeah. laughs> no, I, I, I actually was thinking C minus as well for a couple of reasons. One, and if you just, it, it's so hard to say. I keep coming back to Nick's analogy last week. If you, if you get used to being in prison, right, that becomes normal, and that that has really stuck with me because I think we are normalizing this, and that's the media reaction. The media reaction is that. 
this guy, this buffoon, suddenly came in and gave a very conventional speech. He hit on a lot of traditional Republican ideas with a little bit of populism mixed in there. He stayed on script. So that, that felt normal. Uh, and in some ways, if he could do that, you talk about the shift. Mm-hmm. If he does that, that's a much more dangerous approach. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. I mean, you think about the economic nationalism argument that he's making. If he can do that and be more subtle, what did you say? Like an inside voice, Phil? I mean, that's indoor voice. Yeah. Indoor voice. That's yeah. Le Pen in France. I mean, that's that's the strategic that's Bill appeal. Clinton in '92. Yes, that that could work uh, because all of a sudden people say, "Oh, he's not so crazy," and you no, know, that, that's that's a very very appealing. So, well, it's it's a death knell for the media at this right. point. They're not going to know how to handle that. That's well, true. until he starts tweeting again. So he's well, been off Twitter today, yes, right, <sighs> trying to ride this a little bit. The minute he gets back on Twitter, right, yeah. But if this is a progressive thing and this is the start of this process, potentially, that's but yes, but I don't think that he is a man <laughs> of urges. I mean, I, I think he's so a I, man. Of, he's a four-year-old, right? I was thinking about it. It's only been a week since the crazy press conference. And less than a week since a CPAC uh, speech, yep. mm-hmm. both of those were really crazy. Yes. And you almost feel like they, they told him, get it all out of your system, get it out, because right. the joint, you know. Again, <laughs> let's play it through. It's been less than two months. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it in the long term. It could be a shift. Although, I mean, you think about the campaign. At every stage, they kept saying he's going to shift, he's going to moderate. Yeah. And I don't know if he can do that, and if he wants to. But, I, he but, was bored last night. You know, oh, really? Bill, we're talking. <laughs> but but was it a shift? Like I mean, it was a shift, sort of in terms of tone, but yes. not in substance. Oh, right? no, like, I mean, no, he was no. saying just the same stuff he's always said. And even the I mean, there was a report out today. I, I don't remember who it was. ABC, I want to say, but I don't know if that's actually accurate. That, that there was a report within. <laughs> I heard it somewhere. <laughs> I think my mom told me. <laughs> <laughs> there was a report that even the, from, from White House sources that were saying that the White House was shocked at the media reaction. Like they were just yes. amazed that the media was eating this up. Because the it was bar is so the same, low. The bar same is so thing they've low. they've been saying all along. Yes. Nothing changed, right? They're still kicking immigrants out and arguing for <laughs> killing Muslims. And, you know, it was like the same lo- same arguments they've been making all along, you know, and, but it, it was just done with like an even tone. And so the fact that he said it evenly. Do that suddenly in your radio voice. Get real close to the microphone. Do that in your radio voice. He said it with an even tone. <laughs> well, the other one I thought was great about, I saw some of those reports today as well. And it was the White House kind of felt the need to come out and say like, no, no, no. He's still the same guy. right? <laughs> you know? He's not going to change. Uh, and so you're right. They were they were surprised by how positive a reaction was. Well, I think this is where going public for him is going to get dicey, right? Because the idea of going public, and, and this speech was the first time that he went, I mean, we talk about going public in political sciences, you know, using a, a, a national or international platform to to tell, communicate to the people what your agenda is, and if they like that, depending on how high your approval rating is, that puts pressure on Congress to pass your agenda, right? So going public is. So last night was his first time in a traditional format, not on Twitter, mm-hmm. to go public, right? So in order to actually have, given that his approval rating is so low, to build up some capital with the people to put the pressure on Congress to pass his agenda, then he has to not moderate in terms of what the content is, but moderate his tone mm-hmm. in order to seem more serious, sound more serious, and try to reach past the crazy and get to maybe those people in the middle, the Clinton 92ers, who right. are like, kind of like this economic nationalism, but right? He's, he's not but as good at that, though. He's, he's not. Yeah, he's yeah. not. But the problem with doing that, because one would think, theoretically, that would work, 
is then he alienates those that like him when he's not like that. Mm -hmm. So like you were saying, the White House was like, wait, he's still the same guy. Yeah. So how does he go public being those two guys to get the end result, which is to get Congress to pass his agenda? If he has one, which is not clear. It's it's we've been at a rock concert for the past month, and now. Whatever, the concert's over, but now you have tinnitus. So it's just kind of there at this point. It's not as good as it used to be, well, yes. but, you know. Like when I saw Guns N' Roses over the summer, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, and his fans, are his hardcore fans are not going to be turned off by the speech right. last night. They're still going to love all the other speeches and say he's doing that for a strategic reason. Although I will, so the New York Times did a had a piece today where they graded all of his campaign speeches, as well as all of the State of the Union speeches, on an anger dimension and positivity. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. And so on those two measures, and all of Trump's campaign speeches are angry and not positive. Okay. Although the one speech last night fit right in the center of the previous State of the Union speeches, right? I mean, so it was it was not as angry and it was fairly positive. Yeah. Although he's, I, I think that was part of the reason that it was just kind of like, eh. Because he's good at being angry yes. and blaming somebody. That's right. the red meat. I mean, that's that's the stuff that, even though I disagree with it, I find entertaining. But he I, did all of that just backhandedly. He still blamed right. yeah. oh, all yeah. the brown people right. and all you know all but the non-American people. That. But he right. was no fake news talk last night. No, was, he used mm-hmm. radical Islamic terrorism, and he, he really pauses radical Islamic crazy they did. loved it all the republicans i loved and they like they knew like the, the media knew to pan out and show, show that everybody. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that i mean that speech was basically the american carnage speech it yeah. was just totally. rhetorically toned down a little bit right and right. it wasn't like it, it was the same message right it wasn't a picture of like a successful thriving america it no. was a picture of america in shambles that he's gonna make better he still used the term lawless savages yeah. Like, when has that been in an address to a joint session of Congress? And I love the way that he started, because he started with uh, civil rights. What did he say? Well, 1844 was the last time <laughs> the Harvest Savages was used in an address to Congress. I'm so, going to fact check that one real quick. So he starts with the civil rights, and that I was shocked by that. Yes. And then he transitions to American greatness, right? This New idea that, pride. right, that we are going to be this leader. And then, like at the end of that theme, it goes to this whole. He was hitting on this 250th anniversary, and then it is although we may not be a great country anymore. Then so it was like this quick slide down. <laughs> Bill and I were texting last night, and it was like this is really positive. And then we're like, two minutes into the speech, we're like, well, that changed. Wait, that <laughs> like hurt. there it is. But you're right. It was not nearly. If you think about the inaugural address, or you even think about his, his uh, convention speech, mm-hmm. both much more negative, much more dystopian, and that they they pulled all that stuff off of the speech last night. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of how it was delivered, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean yeah. the the tone. The content, and I think Phil was saying this before we went on, the content is the same. It's just mm. the delivery, or maybe you said it when we first came on, the, deli- the delivery was just different. Yeah. I wouldn't underestimate people just kind of succumbing to what we're starting to succumb to. When I say that, it's we like being a rock concert. Don't want me in the we. I'm not saying. <laughs> not you people. Not us or our, not you. Or our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> no. Like it's... The non-hillbillies that you lost right, last week. That's right. We lost the hillbilly book. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Can, can I pour my beer and talk? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Nick. No, like, I think there's there's something to be said with being exhausted with the overtly batshit crazy guy and yeah. going, okay, this isn't what we've been dealing with. Yeah. This is something we possibly could maybe work with. 
And is I think if if he can again kind of keep this up at least to some degree, yeah, that's going to be at least marginally effective for Congress. Mm-hmm. It, it is worth noting that he has had little glimpses of calm and sanity in the past, in which people have said, "Oh, it's a pivot, right?" Like his, his yeah. acceptance speech after the election was very much very gracious, yeah. and and then he very quickly returns. So it'll be interesting to see whether he can continue a more even tone or if this just you know by by he can't well someone just needs to take his phone away and then we'll be fine right well yeah Yeah. and the number of tweets have like as suzanne was saying have gone down they and and yes but just for a time you know i mean right he still called this week he still called the press the enemy the fake fake news the enemy of the people i mean that's all this is still there Mm -hmm. but for one night and for maybe 48 hours he was good Mm -hmm. when he gets on the phone with Not even present. 48 hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> like several people were pointing out today that like within the day, so earlier in the day, he had, you know, he had like insinuated that maybe like Jews or Democrats were behind yes. the, de- the, yeah. the defacing of Jewish cemeteries or bomb threats. He blamed the death of Ryan Owens on the generals, right? Like there were well, all first these- he blamed it on Obama, right? Yeah. yeah. And then he blamed right, it on right, the generals. Yeah. Right. Within 24 hours. And then he gives like a slightly calm speech and everyone's like, he's changed. He's different. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but that's where, I mean, I think as a, as, as I mentioned before, and as I've said on previous, you know, episodes that like, I'm not a Trump fan and I don't stand for anything he stands for. And what? it makes my, why is this shocking? <laughs> I know um, that the, the Trump, the, de- the demeanor of the president Trump we saw last night, if that maintains is actually the more dangerous yep. Trump, because yeah. he could be successful, Correct. yeah. which for yeah. someone like me is yeah. terrifying. So part of me wants him to continue to be yeah. Twitter Trump so that he like burns himself out and gets nothing done. And, you know, I don't feel as scared about, yeah. you know, my rights and liberties and so on and so forth. Um, so I, I, and it's also fun to watch. So for me, I just want to continue him to continue to be that person. And I, I will say like this week, even though there was a lot of crazy, it was less crazy than previous weeks. Mm-hmm. And it does make me wonder whether, you know, the, the, we talked about, I think we talked about this last week that they're filtering the stories that Trump gets. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, he's, he's only getting positive news. So maybe he thinks everything's going great. Well, I'm sure he does. Know? I think he does. Yeah, this is working out wonderful. And I'll hit the press a little bit, but for the most part. And so if that strategy is working, only giving Grandpa a couple news articles a day and letting him have his phone for 45 minutes. You know, <laughs> his screen about, time. Yes. <clears throat> I think about how great that would be. Uh, I lost it. <laughs> Take a step. Bell. <laughs> Bell. Think about how great that would be. So as a, you know, as, as some of us are, prof- three of us are professors. I think <laughs> Thanks. No, I think about like my evaluations at the end of the day. If I could just have someone sort through them and quick. filter out all the bad ones and then give me the stack of all the ones oh, yeah. doing a great job, that would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but you Can would you never talk? become a better professor. No. Well, that's okay. So yeah, Trump will. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, when he walked, so as I was watching the speech last night, when he finished and was walking out, and of course everybody's lining up to shake his hands, Trump was in his element. I mean, oh, yeah. he is. He is a president, maybe maybe better than Reagan in terms of understanding camera angles and what's going on. He's been on TV, right? And he's working that crowd. He's slapping backs and yep. shaking hands, and and you could tell he was loving every minute of it. And that might have been as important as the speech because it, you know, it's presenting him in a certain way, in control. Uh, yeah, it was that was that was more impressive, I think, than the speech. 
Well, can so, we talk about some of the content? Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, Phil, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. I was about to say the exact same thing. Let's talk about some of the specifics. Look at us being on the same yeah. page. Yeah. Tumbleweed just went by. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Suzanne, where, where, where should we start? Well, I mean, one of the things I... There's lots of things to talk about, obviously. One of the things, if it's okay, I'd like to start with is uh, voice. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Um, I love that oh. show. Yeah, it's a great... The voice is a great show. Who doesn't love Blake Shelton, right? Um, yeah. Phil was pretending to be the Democrats, and they're yeah. grumble. He... Do you think they knew to, to, gr- to grumble there when he mentioned that? I, that seemed that seemed I don't know. That I grumbled at like home. Surprise. Yeah, it, it seemed like that was new to them, and there was like a. Oh, it seemed like a genuine groan, like a oh, like this is where we're going. It was so immediate. Um, it felt staged to me, like that kind of like. Well, don't, so I know in the typical state of the <laughs> union, <laughs> in, its, in a traditional state of the union, again, which this was not. Um, the media gets a copy of the full speech beforehand. Mm-hmm. So now, under this administration, who knows which media will get a copy? So I yeah. don't know. In this case, did Congress get a copy ahead of time? Did the press get a copy ahead of time? So that could maybe be what happened, yeah. and there was a reaction. Um, so tell us what this voice is. Okay, so voice stands for Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement, and then it's an office within the yeah. Department of Homeland Security. Um, so just to read a quote from what he said, so apparently this is... Um, Part of the order he signed last month, which either got no press or he lied when he said it's part of this executive order, but it's this new office that was created to do the following. This is his quote. I've ordered the Department of Homeland Security to create an office to serve American victims. We are providing a voice to those who have been ignored by our media and silenced by special interests. Mm. So basically, this office is going to be a registry of immigrants who have committed crimes against Americans. In order to give these lost voices a voice. What's unclear is, is it just illegal immigrants? Or what I like to call undocumented people as opposed to illegal immigrants? Or is this anyone who has immigrated to the United States? Mm -hmm. What, it's, it's, it's. to me, I just hear the word registry, right? It's, it's another form of registry and, and it's, the, the use of the word victim, too, is very strategic yes. uh, in terms of flipping that, that narrative. That's right. Because then he immediately goes to the gallery to show mm-hmm. the families of those mm-hmm. who, were, who were murdered yeah. by undocumented people who those, one had been in jail, one had been ordered for deportation before. Powerful um, theater. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, yeah. right? And all very strategic. But I think we talk about the content of the speech. And the tone and the delivery was, you know, softer, better, quote unquote. This is some shit. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I think needs some talking about. It's it creates this fear dynamic, right? That that immigrants sure. are running sure. around chasing With Phil, the right? Chasing <laughs> Phil chasing in New Hampshire, and, yes. <laughs> trying New to steal his new microphone. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have immigrants in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I, don't think? That's right. Well, I, I, Wait, I mean, we do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Never mind. <laughs> um, Where's my beer? I, I mean, so I guess what we have been talking about is how positive the how, um, the uh, the media has been about the speech. Yeah. Why have they not brought this up more? I, I mean, don't we think it should be talked about? I, I think I'm, that this is a serious thing. I'm not saying it's not a serious well, thing. I know. I'm and not accusing have, why, you. And why haven't Democrats? I mean, maybe Democrats right. are bringing. So this, either yeah. we don't know enough. Or there literally is no information on this yet, and they're they have nothing to report on. Phil, you're always on the Twitter. What what is the Twitter <laughs> saying about voice? <laughs> What's the Twitter saying. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> is Gwen Stefani. So, so the, I, feel like, <laughs> what, I feel like the the first part of any discussion of voice 
needs to be a reaffirmation of the fact that statistically speaking, immigrants commit l crimes at a lower rate than non-immigrants. Absolutely, so, 100% so true. That is not to say that that immigrants don't commit crimes, right? And maybe we should recognize that there are people, you know, maybe it's important to recognize that uh, people who are here undocumented, you know, kill people. But they kill people at a lower rate than the average uh, American does. So that's, I, I feel like that's important to say. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly, a, it's you're looking, why are, are No, you I'm just thinking. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not an alternative <laughs> fact, it's an actual fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it makes perfect sense for him to do this, right? Like, if, I mean, part of, uh, part of his, his plan has been an, a, either an attack on or an enforcement of, depending on your, persp on your, of your perspective, um, on uh, immigration, right? Like this has been a big part of his, how he got elected, part of what he's trying to do moving forward. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, it, it's effective to point to people in the crowd whose children and husbands have been killed by, it's just, so it's effective for what he's wanting to do. It's a little bit, I don't know. I don't want to say that it's dishonest because those are real stories of real people. But um, yeah, it's being used to make a point that is, I, 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 I'll say, problematic, right? And I will. He did a similar thing to, at the convention he brought. Yes. But this was more effective, and I, I have the same. I have a similar reaction that I, I struggle with this when they bring these individuals out, whether it's you know former soldiers or whatever it is. Uh, but it was it was more effective last night than it was at the convention. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes. Well, especially after the travel ban. So, I mean, yeah. obviously this is a continuation of a pattern that we've already seen. It does continue with the rhetoric from the campaign. It does, you know, continue with the, the or continue on the path of what has was started with the travel ban. And it does, it just, it screams again of this, like, national identity, mm -hmm. Americans first. Yeah. And the us versus them, the othering, you know, the sort of prototypical authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. We distrust outsiders. We only look inside. It's all about us. We're going to give some social order, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be about Americans. And so Americans' voices have been lost. I mean, that's literally the title of this office, right? Yeah. Americans' voices have been lost. And in this case, been silenced because they were murdered by someone who wasn't supposed to be here in the first place. Yeah. And those stories are not told by the media and by special interests. And what I had said earlier is, <laughs> what special interests don't care about people being murdered? And then I said the NRA. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> um, well, yeah. And if you go back to his CPAC speech last week, I mean, he was talking about, I think he used the, he said, let's throw the immigrants the hell out of the country, yes. right? I mean, that, you know, he's, he said that? That was... Yes. Uh, throw wow. them the hell out of the country. Which is what yeah. he's saying, but not saying right. in this he, formal environment. He was, he was using the indoor voice last night. <laughs> yes. Right. And, and acronyms. Uh, <laughs> acronyms. Yeah, yeah. I, I am a bit surprised that this wasn't a bigger deal today. Um, I just wonder as this comes out more, if, if it's fleshed out and there are details of like what this actually looks like. Yeah. Because this is a registry, right? I mean, this is... I was saying to Bill earlier, this is the section on Breitbart of black crimes. Mm -hmm. It's right. exactly yeah. what this is. This is probably Bannon's brainchild since he did it over at Breitbart. How does this? How does this get logistically put together? And is it a website? Is is it going to be on like a .gov, hmm. which is a whole other thing? I would be very surprised if we see any real details of this come to fruition. Well, none, you don't of, need none to, of his right? speech has no, real but details. But I think this, this is, is especially thing. this is something to placate his base mm -hmm. yep. in a time when 
he was trying to be as theatrical and as understanding for sure. for, yeah. to his for base sure. as possible. If there, if he puts something down on paper, he's gonna get crucified for it. As he should. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not saying all over if again. he uses it for the speech and says this is gonna be a new organization, here's individuals, and leaves it at that. Right. You're right. That's 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 I I strategic. And, yeah. It's. I, it's not. I mean, it is both appealing to his base, but it is also to a more moderate crowd a useful tool for building support for his mm-hmm. anti-immigrant or, or how, you know whatever his his crackdown that he started on on immigration. Yeah. Um, which there's a whole other conversation to be had about that. But right, if he's putting forth policies to, he's increasing deportation and whatnot. And and yeah, I mean, to tell this story is a powerful, uh, you know, it's a powerful tool in, in getting people behind that. So it, it, I think it, it is encouraging to his base, but it also helps build this argument that he's trying to make mm-hmm. um, about why we need to be more harsh or more stringent on our immigration rules. Sure. So, so I had two reactions to the speech. You know, one was, I think, voice was like, wow, I can't believe he's doing that. But at the same time, earlier in the speech, he talked about having paid family leave. He talked about infrastructure, right? This was Suzanne is now rolling her eyes. <laughs> but, because any 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 nod to women at all that he ever gives is purely symbolic. But he still put maybe so, but he still put it in, right? Most Republicans don't talk about paid family. He leave, did, do they? but might I digress quickly yeah. and go back to you? I wrote this down. So it comes in the very last five minutes of the speech where he talks about women, the envi- women and the environment in one sentence before he talks about the FDA. <laughs> But wait, he he talked about paid paid leave at one point as well because Paul Ryan very very reluctantly stood up and he clapped did. For this. right he did he gave it a snippet and then later in the speech he talks about women and the environment lumped in together before I talk about yeah. the FDA so it, to me so you're thinking it was just a throwing a bone to exactly what oh, it is all right so it's not I'm authentic sorry, as the resident lady I'm telling you it was just a placation it means nothing <laughs> yeah okay women are part of trump's environment (laughs) and we have to dress like a woman i mean the fact that i'm in here in rain boots and a sweater like it's a problem i need to have a dress and heels on i'm sorry so i was gonna mention that i'm glad you brought it (laughs) (laughs) so there was that that part surprised me a bit and then the the long piece about infrastructure Mm -hmm. which then that got democrats up that you know that which was you know i and Republicans as well, but that is a big shift. There was a lot of boilerplate Republican dogma last night, but there yes. was a number of I- uh, items that were more populist, more democratic, and I think he's got feet in both camp. I think he's he's thinking about that. Yeah. You know? Even the infrastructure thing, though, he you know a trillion dollars to infrastructure with no specifics, right? Like, so I mean, this is a lot of the stuff he talks about is. I mean, he's he's got big ideas that gather support, but I don't see any. It's not like he came with an infrastructure bill that right, he was talking right. about. Here's here's my proposal. I'm asking Democrats and Republicans to come together and vote on this, right? right? It was just this general, like, throw out a number of a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill. Well, that's the and, theme. I mean, that's what we've been talking about the entire time. There's been no substance yeah. to anything right. Absolutely said in not. the entire speech. But that's that's typical for a State of the Union speech, though, right? To throw some ideas out there, a bunch of proposals. So I, I don't know if we should go after him too hard on that because that's what every, all politicians, I mean, even Obama, even throw stuff out there. There's no, no, there's no details. In the very first one, yeah. there, I, I, I give him a little bit of a pass. There's very little expectation of a full fleshed out agenda a mm-hmm. month in, right? By next year, when he gives his first official State of the Union, there should be specific. I'm sending a bill to Congress next week that mm. says the following. Correct. 
That is commonplace. Yeah. Everything in this speech was reactive. Congress put a replacement for Obamacare together. Congress put an immigration bill yeah. together. Congress put an infrastructure bill together. There's no leading. There's no agenda. He, he literally buried Obamacare three quarters of the way through the yeah. speech and said, hey, Congress, when you put a replacement plan together, you should be guided by the following things. Right. Make sure it's better, more <laughs> and cheaper, and less great. expensive. Right. <laughs> and I'll sign it because it's so complicated. Nobody knew healthcare was so complicated. That was, that was my favorite moment of the whole week where Trump was like, I didn't realize healthcare was so complicated. He was like, nobody realized healthcare was so complicated. Where two years earlier, Obama in a speech was like, Healthcare is super complicated. <laughs> yes. Well, that makes me, that made me feel like nothing's going to happen on healthcare because if, For sure. if Obama, with bigger majorities, barely got his Affordable Care Act through, yeah. the idea, maybe they can pull it away, but they know that Democrats aren't going to support anything new. So maybe that means status quo and healthcare. are Republicans in states where most of their citizens right. are on Obamacare. Yeah. I mean, right. you look at these Republican members of the House where their districts, up to 75% of them, yeah. Or on a, well, some form of Obamacare or a state exchange. Well, think about Kentucky. So the the, the Democrat response last night was yeah. that wasn't even the the current Kentucky no. governor, is it? No, they they dug up some old guy in a diner. You're right, and he's like, well, you know, we we had we liked Obamacare. <laughs> like, Come on, Democrats, Don't, what are you doing? Uh, Although yeah, that may I... have, that may have been effective, but I know. No. Only thing yeah. worse than State of the Union addresses are the response. opposition responses. Oh, oh, Bobby Jindal's response oh, a few years back. Back to Obama's State of the Union was just horrible. But, and for those who didn't watch, because uh, you turned off, or maybe didn't watch the first speech or the second speech, they had, what was the guy's name? Like, do we know? I forgot. Oh, uh, I'm going to look it up. All so right, we former don't, Kentucky we don't Democratic governor who was uh, instrumental. Oh, um, is it Bashir? Bashir. Bashir. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Instrumental in getting Kentucky. I'm surprised they let him do that with that he, name. He looks like a Larry Bashir. to me. <laughs> he looked like a Larry to you. Yeah. But and so they, they the as Suzanne they said, they had him at a diner with other people in the diner. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they don't just fill a stadium and say, look, you know, let's do this where we have a real crowd and yeah, because the diner was no better than Bobby Jindal. I don't know. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I I would agree. I don't think we're gonna see major overhaul to Obamacare at least in the in the near future. I would <clears throat> highly doubt that there's gonna be much change over the next two to three years. Yeah. Which means that there's not going to be any major tax reform either, right. which was also part of the speech. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah so we're we're devoid of topics. We're in a, an abyss of nothingness. <laughs> so Suzanne asked if she could talk about marijuana. So maybe totally. Go I'm, all about the, I'm all about the wall. I'm and transgender right. I'm all about the weed. Yeah. Before we go there, yeah. in terms of, the, are we leaving the speech before? Like, oh, if you got something, Phil, bring it. So I, I want. <laughs> You like how I interrupted? Yes. Shut that woman down. <laughs> She's a nasty woman. Yes. Put her in her place and her rainbow. We can come back to this, but at some point, I I feel like we should talk about the Ryan Owens bit because it was it was a uh, yeah. Uh, it seemed like one of the either greatest or worst moments of the speech, depending on who you talk to. So I, it would be interesting to talk about that. But we can talk about marijuana first and come back to that, or. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm look, Let's I'm a see guest. what Suzanne's priorities are. Yeah, oh, well, like, weed, yeah. always. But, I mean, I'm a liberal, so weed before veterans, Obviously. right? Like, that's yeah, how that right. typically no. works. Um, no, 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 no. No, I think, I mean, Bill and I were talking earlier about about uh, discussing Ryan Owens. I think that that's appropriate to do as we talk about speech. Yeah. So that's absolutely fine with me. Okay, well, let's talk about it, and then we'll smoke pot. So who was we'll the- smoke pot? <laughs> Isn't that what you were suggesting? I'm yes, confused. Yes. So, so podcast listeners, let me yeah. just say, I'm not smoking pot while we're doing this. So Phil, why don't you give some background? 
so okay, so uh, um, for those who aren't aware, several weeks ago, fairly quick, fairly early in the Trump um, presidency, there was this raid in Yemen, um, in which uh, Navy SEALs were sent in, and it went awry. We talked about this on the podcast yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago. Um, a U.S. was it a helicopter that was destroyed. Yeah, Is that yes, right? I believe. Yeah, um, uh, Osprey. Uh, yeah, an expensive whatever it was expensive. One yeah. of those helicopter plane things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A mode of transport. Yeah, one of those flymobiles <laughs> <laughs> um, is destroyed. Uh, the raid doesn't go as planned. Um, the I guess the person they were after was not there. They didn't kill. The person they were after, they did in the process end up killing like 25 civilians, um, including several children. Also, a Navy SEAL was was killed in the process, um, and that is uh, Ryan Owens. So there's been lots of debate and discussion since then about responsibility and who is responsible for this. And the Trump administration and the Obama administration, several people have, have chimed in. It sounds like this, this raid was presented to the Obama administration. They passed for a variety... Well, they, they who knows why? They, well, here, so they didn't pass. What they did is they said it was too close to the transition. Let Trump decide. So it was presented without re, not not review, but without a, a, a right authorization to right. say like, you guys should weigh in and make your decision on this. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Trump administration decides to go forward. It it goes awry, um, and then there was lots of accusations and finger pointing afterwards. The the decision to to approve the raid was. Was it made at a dinner, or Trump was just at a dinner? No, when it was happened? made at a dinner between him and Bannon and Jared, Jared Kushner, and I think Mattis was there, but it did not go through the normal interagency review. It was more of a, it was presented, uh, all the other agencies didn't weigh in on it. So Ryan Owens, the Navy SEAL who has died, um, uh, his father has been very outspoken. He didn't want to meet with Trump. He's been pissed at Trump about it. Um, anyway, Trump last night brings Ryan Owens' widow as a guest, essentially, um, which I didn't realize is a fairly new thing. Reagan was the first to kind of bring right. yeah. props, uh, props, people in. As they, are props. they are props. That, yeah. was, that was appropriate. Thanks, no mistake. So uh, Ryan Owens' wife is there last night, and Trump, in the in his speech, um, points her out, thanks her for her husband's service. There's this very extended, probably the longest applause of the night, for sure, Trump even says <laughs> afterward yeah. that yes. Ryan is probably in heaven looking down, smiling because of the size of the applause that just happened for him. He just, he can't um, leave something be, right? Just let it be a moment. <laughs> I don't, um, yeah. Yes. So anyway, it, it, what, it, what's interesting to me is that this seemed to be one of the most divisive moments of the night. Like yeah. looking at Twitter and listening to people talk on online and, and on TV about it, some people seem to think that this was his best moment, right? It was like American patriotism, honoring veterans, honoring the service of a soldier. Um, his wife, not Trump's wife, but Owens' yeah. wife, clearly, obviously. Weeping. Yeah. Weeping. Been, Looking right, up to died. him and having, oh, yeah, it was powerful. I was crying. Yeah. Her husband died less than a month ago, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there have been a lot of people, including, as far as I can tell, a lot of people in the military who are furious about essentially the use of a military widow as essentially a political prop, especially in context of the fact that earlier in the day, or I guess the day before, Trump had essentially denied any responsibility. He didn't deny responsibility, but when asked about it, he basically said, 
they lost him in reference to the general, sort of yeah. put the blame on the generals for a poorly planned. Um, so I, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I, I, what do you guys think? Was this uh, was this a good thing? Was this re- reprehensible? What like where do you? I mean, using the using members of the military in the gallery is very common, incredibly commonplace. Those who've been you know, blown up by an IED and have survived. I mean, Obama did this, right? This is not uncommon to have military families. It's bipartisan that way. Absolutely. Especially with First Lady, former First Lady Michelle Obama and Dr. Jill Biden. They Uh, were big into military uh, veterans' families. So this is not something that doesn't happen. They should be, right? Like, we should be paying attention to military families and military veterans. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for that, I don't don't blame him for, for using someone who was lost in a mission in this way because presidents have done it for a long time. Um, I think the fact that he made the comment like, oh, it's, you just broke the record for the longest applause in history. Like you've said that like he can't yeah. help himself yeah. because he will take credit for like, it was my idea to bring her here and then we this yeah. and this blah, blah, blah. Just knowing kind of who he is. But I think for me, what's frustrating and I, I fact checked myself with Bill earlier to make sure I was right. <laughs> Is that first Trump says when the mission, quote, fails. Well, this was an Obama mission, Mm -hmm. so blame him. Mm -hmm. Then it was, this was the general's idea, so blame them. Then it was, look how smart I am to have these people because they said that this was a raging success, so now I'm going to take all the credit for Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Whether or not she was there, he still did that, which is very problematic. But it just kind of, the the charade of all of it is just... And it's, it's part of the job of being president is whatever. Whenever you're president, there's going to be military operations that are going to go awry. Yes. They're going to me- and you have to stand up and say, "I was the guy. The buck stops here. I made that call. That's right. I take responsibility." And at some level, when that happens, people say, "Okay, you made a tough call. Didn't go perfect." And so when he's wishy-washy about that and throws the generals and others, it's yes. not so good. Agreed. Although I will say, I don't know if that matters as much as the optics last night, which were right. so powerful. Yes. And, and you were talking. Who was the was it Vance? Was, it was some, Van Jones. Van Jones, yeah. right. Uh, was going was on like, and on. This was the moment he became the president. And so then maybe Trump wins because of that, because of that one powerful moment. I struggle with all of this. I wish for State of the Union speeches, they would just give a speech, yeah. don't yeah. point to Call somebody, it. don't bring people in. Same exact same thing. I, I, it just feels so awkward, so uncomfortable. It's the um, theater. It's political theater. Right, right? yes. Yeah. Regardless um, of who it was. And like all, all of them last night. Yes. They never bring up you know, positive stories. Yeah. It's the little black girl who broke the cycle of poverty. Right, right, yeah. right. Who failed, who failed third grade. No, right. right, twice. Why would you bring that? I know, don't that. bring that up. I just feel so tired. Right, it's, it's her moment. Just like, just say you did wonderful. You had some tough upbringing. Don't bring up like, some of us that failed third grade twice, you just let it go. <laughs> I would know. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You've been through it. That's right. <laughs> no, that is so uncomfortable. Um, it's completely unnecessary. And you're right. We should pay more attention to families in the military, but that is not the venue to do it. No. There's no reason to bring that up. Though. Yeah. And, and again, the, it was a selfish reason. As right. Phil pointed out. Just like it is with every other president. Yeah. For, mm-hmm. Fair point. No, the fact that today the military, you're right, Phil, was pushing back. Not that, I mean, in general, but the, there were individuals who were very upset about this, suggest something. His father, uh, very frustrated. Yeah, father. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very frustrated about the, the lack of an inquiry into this and. I, I don't think this story has a, a lot of legs, but I would like to see more just in terms of what really happened. And I would like to see Trump to say, hey, this happened. I take responsibility. And That's what being commander-in-chief is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is part of his responsibility as given to him in the Constitution. Yeah. He makes the call. He has to take responsibility. He can't blame everyone. And this is what he does with 
everything. Yeah. And it's bad when he does it with everything, but with an issue like this where a life is lost, yeah. an American life is lost, while other lives were lost that no one's talking about, but American lives were lost, yeah. somebody has to take responsibility, and it should be him. That's right. It should be him. There were, yeah, I saw interesting uh, comparisons, to. Um, I saw someone referencing JFK's... Um, yes, after the Bay of Pigs, Bay of Pigs in which yes. he basically talked about all the things that went wrong, yeah. but in the end took total responsibility. Yes, right? as he should. Which is what um, you have to do. And then, and, and Trump could do a review yeah. to say what went wrong. Let's hold people accountable. Yes. Absolutely. Hold, hold Mattis accountable. Yes. But he has to say, like, I am the commander in chief. I'm responsible for all of this. Yeah, yes. right. He, honestly, yeah, he understands that. Ethical morality. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, given that I, 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 still, I still think that he's playing with crayons while the Can big boys are doing the work. So I don't think that he even understands that he should take responsibility. He's so, I used this word before, and it yeah. may or may not be a word, but it is on the podcast, delegatory, yeah. right? Bill just was like, what is that word? No, 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 I, I'm just opening for, I'm opening Nick's next beer, which is a zombie Son dust. Of a bitch. Yeah, I'm just, and I, uh, Nick, I, I might have just, I've got to take a sip. I gotta take a little, little sip, little sip. And then I'm going to pass the zombie, zombie dust over. Oh, Sherry is good. It is, oh, nice. it is good. It's Cute. I wish my five-year-old would do that. Communist coven. Yes. Susan, you wanted to talk about pot, so let's. I do. I want to talk about pot. I want to talk about trans rights. I want to talk about education. Yeah. Um, how are we doing on? How are we doing on time? Should we talk about beers? Yeah. Where are we, Nick? What's our time? We're at about fifty minutes. Oh God, it's my fault. So, no, let's. Talk. No, let's talk oh, about beers and good. then let's talk about pot. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect yes. transition. Yeah. Okay, so I, I will start because I'm the guest and because yeah. I decided mm-hmm. to. Um, so as as some of you who've listened and as I've been on before, I like myself a light beer. I like myself a Hefeweizen. I love something fruity and light. And one of my favorite things is a Line and Kugel Summer Shandy, which in February or March, one could think you could not find. At my local grocery store, there was a special limited release of the Line and Kugel Summer Shandy, the lemon. And so I've enjoyed two of those. I thought I'd get made fun of, but Nick was a little jealous, in fact, that it's I brought like them. It's summer in a bottle. So it, it is summer in a bottle. It's wonderful. It's lovely. Huh? Is it a true shandy? Like half beer, half like lemonade or whatever? I, I mean, I don't know because I don't know beer. I just know that I love it and that it's delicious and I'm, it makes me happy. It's their only good shandy. I know that. No, no, <laughs> you the, know grape, like, the grapefruit shandy is wonderful. It's vice beer brewed with honey and natural lemonade flavor. Fla- oh. Flavor's legit. But the Flavor's present, legit. I mean, I'd have to look at the this percent alcohol to make sure it's still Red like five, a full blue beer. Three. Look, 4.2% alcohol. That's is that like the average for a beer? I don't know that. Yeah, it's kind of low. Yeah, it's low. This is yeah. why I like it. Yeah. I'm the lightweight. So, Anyway, it's it's delicious and I love it. And given that it's raining and snowing here, it makes me happy. Perfect. So I was up in Wisconsin this weekend, and I thought I'm going to take advantage of this to go to the liquor store and pick out a bunch of Milwaukee beers that I can bring back. So Phil won't make fun of me for drinking the same beer every week. Uh, and so my first beer was called Warm Front, which from is from Lakefront Brewery, a, a wonderful brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Actually, the best brewery tour I've ever done was at Lakefront Brewery. It's just, it's fantastic. Did you hear that Lakefront Brewery? Yes, yes. Uh, this was a, like a... You and I went on, Bill? Yes, you and I went on that oh, one, yes. Oh, good stuff. So yeah. Oh, it was a date. How cute. I think, yeah. I think you drove back. Uh-oh. <laughs> Because I couldn't. Yeah. Um, I stayed at the hotel that used to be the apartment of, uh, what's his name, right? Uh, Dahmer, yes, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that's a long time. Local culture. Yes. So this is a pale ale with some nice citra and mosaic hops, which uh, it was a good beer. And so my second beer, in honor of uh, Megan Kelly, uh, is called Bitter Woman IPA. Um, yes, out of Lake 
Mills, Wisconsin. Also a good beer, although I would say it's not my favorite IPA, uh, but it was a it was a solid beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that all you had? That's all I well. Oh, you had some of the zombie. Dust I, too. I stole some of your zombie. I'm dust. sorry. Yeah, yeah my bad. <laughs> uh, let's see. I had a Cosmo Pale Ale. That's from Noon Whistle Brewing. I think they're out of Lombard in Illinois. Yeah. So super close. Uh, really kind of nice and light. Um, yeah, I, I bought way too many, although I'm sure I'll go through them in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, uh, highly recommend. I'll have to check out more of their stuff. Um, second one was a Vite Muerte? I don't know. It's got dead, right? Uh, yeah, dead? Something? Google Translate? Um, oh, I'm gonna look it up. Hey, Siri. Suzanne translate. Hey, Suzanne. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was heavier, uh, brewed with milk caramel and spices. Um, kind of a, it felt like more of a holiday kind of thing. It's an Oktoberfest style. Is what ah, it says as I looked it, it up for you. See, some sort of holiday. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Vida y Muerte, not Vida. Vida, life and death. Life and death. Oh, see, there is a space. Oh, e. Hard yeah. to see. The nice, why nice. should be. Right, there's enough. To, well, talk about the zombie marketing. dust. All we need to talk about is the Shut zombie up, dust. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't want to lose the Spanish speaking listeners. This is true. We're after, after alienating the hillbillies, we got to be smart. <laughs> um, as Bill pointedly mentioned, uh, my third one was the zombie dust uh, by Three Floyds. Um, there's just not enough good things to say about zombie dust in general. It's. It's getting harder to find. It I is. Feel like. Yes, uh, and I was can, amazed you had one. Yeah, if you can find it on tap somewhere, uh, never leave that place again. Mm. Um, yeah, again, highly recommend. Um, kind of a not caramely. What is it? It looks pretty light, actually. It's not. It's it's a weird. It's got like a little citra to it. A little. I mean, it's just. It's a. It's the best it's beer. It's got I've, everything. Yeah, it's it's the best beer that's ever been made. Yeah. Uh, this intensely hopped and gushing undead pale ale will be one's only respite after the zombie apocalypse. Oh, That's what their website is. Oh. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So go find that if you haven't had it and you've been living under a rock. Or, or Suzanne or something. Yes, it's me. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of li- living under a rock, Phil. <laughs> he does live in so, nature. So uh, my first beer was a Lagunitas um, Ale, 12th of Never. Ooh, that's Ooh, a good one. It's good beer. Great. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Um, I, yeah. I would drink a lot of that. that that's, <laughs> I would drink a lot of that. So it was, it was, it felt like it was somewhere between like a lager and an IPA. Like it mm. had the hoppiness, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite as strong or bitter. It was, it was really nice. Yeah, I will buy that again for sure. My second beer was a Smutty Nose. Um, <laughs> Language. <laughs> is Smutty Nose not something that you're familiar? Is that not a? Is that just an East Coast thing? I've never heard of that. Who, which right. uh, what's the New brewery? Hampshire brewery? Yeah, okay. they they have pretty good stuff. Um, and it was a peach uh, short visa, mm. which the guy at uh, Brutopia recommended as um, a, a starter or a, a, like a, a dipping my toe into sour beer. So this was a sour beer. Oh, and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you drank the whole thing. No, I did. I did. I should, again, I should say, um, I, I like Smutty Nose generally. I don't. I don't want. And and I think that some people probably would really like this. It tastes like tasted like a sour peach. I would love that. Um, it was like a sour peach Jolly Rancher in a bottle. I will drink that. Mm. Yeah, I can see where people would love it. It was just not my thing. 
Does um, anyone like so, sour yeah. beers? Why is that a thing? I've they, never tried it, but they that do. Amazing. I mean, people love the people who love sour beers love them. Yeah. yeah. Why? I, like, I just don't. It just feels like it's not finished yet, <laughs> or it's, it's overly done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then my third, I went all the. I'm I'm going all out today. I'm on my third beer. Mm-hmm. My third beer was uh, Peak Organic Brewing Company, the Juice. Um, which is a, uh, oh a wicked dry hopped <laughs> pale ale. It, says. it was really, really good. I liked it. If you, um, if you're into IPAs, I would totally recommend trying the Peak Organic Juice. Now this is OJ's Brewery, is that right? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is he doing it in the yeah. toilet in a cell? Yeah. So if you, know, you the... support, you support the the uh, OJ and the murdering of his wife, you should drink this beer. Ah. <laughs> oh that's, that's that that was like a legit throwdown right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what they say on the bottle, right? Uh, <laughs> you may only purchase this if yes, you yeah. thought the glove was too small. Yes. Mm. The Marsha Clark Ale is extremely sour. I would yes. drink that in yeah. <laughs> All right, now to marijuana. Right. Yeah. So I, I, so as the guest, I always wonder, like, can I talk about this? Do we have time? Yeah. And, and the gentlemen are always very nice to indulge. But I think uh, it's not just about pot, although yeah. it's one part of it. So I had texted Bill and I said, can we talk about Trump's idea of states' rights? Mm-hmm. Because in the past week, there's been three things that have come out that seem um, incoherent mm. in terms of how he feels or his administration will approach states' rights. So the first is, um, and this happened last week, and I will admit that I missed it because I was out of town and then I played catch-up, was... Um, so if we go back a little bit to May 2016, where the Obama administration had said that basically Title IX protects the rights of transgendered students when it comes to bathroom use. Mm-hmm. So it's not about your sex assigned at birth, it's mm-hmm. about your gender identification, and this should be covered under Title IX, which of course spawned a whole bunch of lawsuits across different states. And in fact, this month the Supreme Court is taking this up. Um, will there be eight? Will there be nine justices? My guess is that there will be eight. Um, that's for others to talk about. Anyway, so this is one thing where we see, you know, this sort of prototypical Republican, let's take the federal government out of it. This is mm-hmm. about states' rights, making choices. Um, what Republicans call federalism, but what we know best is really what's anti-federalism. So, not to interrupt, but what was interesting about this is that Betsy DeVos was against this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jeff Sessions was trying to get her to sign off on this. Yep. So and she refused... And then it went to Trump, and then it was Trump who pressured DeVos to say, I would like you to get behind this and sign off on this. And that's how it happened. My impression was the choice was essentially sign off on it or resign. Right. She chose to sign off on it. That's because she, because we know with, with, particularly with this president, that it's about loyalty. I think we all talked about this last week, that it's loyalty above all else. And so I think his cabinet appointees understand that they're... You know, on the chopping right. block at any moment. So this this unified front, which mm-hmm. is good to bring up between the justice and education departments. So here again, we see kind of this like leave it to the states, federal government out of it. Also, it's a nod to the base. I mean, there's all kinds of things going on here, especially in light of the fact this is coming in front of the Supreme Court this month. This happens, and then in the same week, there's reports. Sean Spicer at a press conference basically said given Jeff Sessions's previous uh, and still um, take on marijuana that states that have legalized it should be on notice that there's going to be a, a stricter prosecution, yeah. uh, basically. Um, that states that have uh, legalized it recreationally, that they're going to start cracking down um, because technically they're violating federal because law. Because federal law right. is still against it, state law, right, right and That's federal right. trumps in this, in this instance. And right. the Obama administration had said... There are certain circumstances where we will get involved, like our kids getting it on the street, things like that. 
Jeff Sessions has a long history of, you know, saying the quote is something like, you know, stupid people smoke pot. Like, yeah. people, smart, no, smart people don't smoke He's more pot. of a heroin guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, meth <laughs> is probably more up his alley, oh, yeah, right? Well, Beauregard, regard, moonshine, right? right? You don't you look know. like that without an eight ball of coke every time. <laughs> he strikes me as an ecstasy rave type of guy. <laughs> Glow sticks and the whole thing. Yes. So here we see... Um, the federal government now getting involved in state mm. choices, a federalization or a, um, a, a um, reasserting a federal issue, right? Mm-hmm. Then we listened in the speech last night and Trump is talking about federal subsidies for school vouchers for disadvantaged students. Mm-hmm. So obviously we know Betsy DeVos is all about school choice and vouchers and, you know, for maybe for another time we could talk about the merits of that, but... These three examples, for me at least, make me question what exactly is the Trump administration's stance on states' rights? Mm-hmm. Espe- <laughs> Phil is nodding his head like he like, doesn't no. know. No view, yeah. Especially <laughs> because weeks previous in a, in a speech to the Governor's Association, he's telling the, the governors, make your policies. It's all about you. It's all about states' rights. Do whatever you want. And within a week's period, mm-hmm. we see this oscillating of states get to do, federal government does. States... Mm-hmm. I think I just think it's 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 curious and it's worth having a conversation of what does what do states' rights look like under the Trump administration under in a Trump White House as distinct from a traditional Republican, right? I mean that's exactly. that's the thing, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean even though George W. Bush with his expansion of the federal government wasn't a traditional Republican in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. But what I think is really interesting is we look at differences with Republicans and Democrats. President. Is there a ghost? Ghost? Yeah, we Why is your ghost. door opening and closing yes. on its own, Bill? <laughs> yeah. It's the pot! We're talking the, about the pot! They're coming for me! The ghost said, no, no states' rights. <laughs> no states rights. <laughs> it's Jesus. Jesus is with us. Jesus. <laughs> yes. I'm going to hell! I am. Yeah. The Jew on the panel is oh. going to hell! But it's, it's, it's the convenient use of the federal government to act on certain issues, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the cleavages between the, the mm-hmm. conservative and liberal ideology is when to use the federal government. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it seems as though this picking and choosing um, may follow in this Trump administration. Well, it shows that the Trump administration is not a traditional conservative. They, sure. they, yeah, they're not as worried about this. Correct. And, and I, I, it does suggest, though, that they have a bit of that old school conservative, and I can't tell if it's Jeff Sessions. Is he driving this? Because I don't think Bannon cares particularly much about this. Not um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's odd. It's, it seems like it's all over the place in terms of where this is coming from. Yeah, I, I mean, the way you describe like the coherent, incoherent yeah. policy. Yeah. In some ways, this is like the for me just like super incoherent. Yeah. Um, uh, domestic federal states' rights. Yeah. Take. I don't. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's not a real thing. I just said. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this is where the the fact that the Trump administration doesn't have, I mean, they're not particularly ideologically based, right? I, I think Bannon Absolutely. probably is or whatever, but but Trump is Trump is not, and so, I mean, I, I think you always throughout history have sort of selective use of state rights when it's convenient. Definitely, yeah. Um, but even then, there's some at least ideological underpinnings that that lead to that. I, I, with Trump, it's just it's just whatever's convenient, right? Like it, it's going to be, and if tomorrow we it, he changes his mind, he'll change his mind, right? There's not any sort of consistent undergirding to what he's arguing. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think it, it's not necessarily that he's... It's a lack of strategy. I think he he doesn't have a strategy yeah. at this point. There's no coherence to any of it at this point. The interesting thing is, like, during the campaign, he seemed open to gay rights and trans rights. I mean, this felt like... Yeah. 
he was going to be a conservative, but not a traditional conservative. Yes. And so the bathroom law shift there, maybe it's just a strategic move to say, all right, I'm, I'm going to placate the base. But I, I was surprised by this. Uh, well, especially with the coming in front of the, this issue coming yeah. in front of the Supreme Court, which of course was already on the docket when he did this. Yeah. Um, it's it, and with that, as I would suspect, there only being eight justices. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess my my question is not specifically about the trans law. It's all three of these things that yes, there's a, as Phil was saying, there's convenience of when to invoke states' rights and when to not invoke states' rights. But the long-term consequences of this could be interesting for the ideologies more generally is that one of the ways that we've dichotomized the two ideologies is based on states' rights versus federal rights. If this is no longer a thing that that separates the ideologies, Mm -hmm. then what is the thing that separates them? Is this shifting worldview, like I've talked about before? Is that what it is? Um, I'd be curious, and I I expect to see more of these kind of... um, are you saying that Donald Trump is bringing us together somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Suzanne. Sh- yeah, that is totally something. He's a unifier. Is that what you got out of that? Were you listening? Uh, no, not even kind of. That's, a, that's typical for when Nick's in my classes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting is, you know, we've talked about in previous weeks that Trump is, his primary motivation is loyalty or being liked or, or whatever. And so... He's surrounded by an interesting mix of people, right? Like Bannon is, uh, he has firm beliefs, but they're, and, and Sessions has firm beliefs, but they're they're different, right? Like mm-hmm. Bannon, mm-hmm. I mean, they're both kind of white nationalists in their own way, but Bannon's kind of this kind of traditional, I mean, sorry. Um, Sessions is sort of this conserv- Southern conservative, traditional mm-hmm. kind of view. Bannon has this more kind of you know, white nationalism worldview. You've got, you've got sort of all these weird different inputs and and i think there's this is why you have a policy that makes no sense right it's you've got little bits here and little Mm -hmm. bits there and and there's no consistency to it and it's going to vary depending on who's the most loyal and who has trump's ear the latest and um which is why you have trump saying stuff in the speech that has Paul Ryan, like, l- making these sort of quizzical looks to the side about, <laughs> yes. like, should I stand? Am I supposed to stand? stand? What am yeah. I doing? What is my, ki- it, what, are my, what is my conference doing? It, it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it makes for a tremendous amount of unpredictability, yes. right? Like, I don't know, um, I don't know what the point of me saying all this is. I've had three beers. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 to, to bring this up, I mean, we can talk specifically about, you know, should we crack down on marijuana in these eight states? You know, should we talk about the trans law? Should we talk about education? Like, we can talk about those more substantively, mm. which is fine with me. But I guess it's this interesting transition. And again, we're like a month and a half in, right? So who yeah. knows, not even a month and a half in. So who knows what this is going to look like? But this can, this very convenient, to use Phil's term, use of states' rights. We've not seen it from a conservative quote unquote, or at least a Republican president. It was one thing when Bush said, we're expanding the federal bureaucracy to include Homeland Security because we're all fucking terrified. We're Mm going to get blown up by, you know, so on and so on and so on. Nobody batted an eye about that because it was motivated by fear. And maybe the trans laws and so forth is still motivated by fear. And I would say that that's Mm -hmm. probably still accurate. Mm -hmm. But on what other issues might we see this, like the federal government's going to pick here, we're going to back off here. I'm going to tell the governors... Make all your laws, create all your policies, we'll back you. 
eh, except maybe for here, 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 and here, and then I'm going to decide. And it, it could be a test balloon, too. Like, mm-hmm. Trump administration will push things out there and see if there's major pushback. Right. Yeah. And if right. there's major pushback, they'll, they'll change course. Mm-hmm. And that may be what happens here. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Particularly with this, this, this federalized, federal subsidies... Federal subsidies for vouchers for school choice for disadvantaged yeah. students, right? Like little brown kids yeah. need to find a better school. Well, after Betsy DeVos was announced as the nominee, then they talked about totally abolishing the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. This this incoherence. Yeah. I just don't know where that where all of this is yeah. where where we go, which is sort of how I feel about him just more generally about Trump. Right it's 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 total, it's chaos, right? And I think Phil's point of that there's individuals from multiple different perspectives and I think Trump likes that. Mm-hmm. He likes the the chaos of all of it. Mm-hmm. I know we need to wrap up, but can we spend at least a minute talking about Sean Spicer and the fact that the administration was worried about leaks this week and he brought his White House staff in and forced them to turn over their phones. <laughs> To make sure they weren't the ones that were... Because apparently like he had a conversation with them. And then like hours later, there was already a leak about it. And he called them back in and said, like, I'm worried about leaks. Turn over your phones. And they had White House counsel, like a, lawyers in there. A surprise meeting. Like they yes. didn't know this was going to happen. Right? right. Both work phones and personal phones. And apparently they're also... They were concerned about certain like apps, which I have no idea. Like you can... Hide stuff. Yeah. This is what yes. teenagers do. Right. It's oh, like a calculator it's, app it's where terrifying. you bury stuff. Yeah. Right. And they made the argument that that violates the... What, what's the law? Like you have to keep a record of everything. So there's some law like, you know, history. Yeah. Like history law. Good <laughs> quote. Cool. Um, air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. He used air quotes around <laughs> yes. the word history. Yeah. history law. Good job, Bill. But, but so my favorite part about this whole story is that, uh, that Spicer pulls him back... Spicy pulls him back in... <laughs> Reads him the riot act and says, like, you know, let me see your phones. And then says, like, don't you mention this. And, like, minutes no. later after yeah. they leak, or they leave, the story <laughs> leaks. Everywhere. Yes. Don't you do that with your students? You have them turn their phones in and make sure they're not talking bad about you via text? And oh, absolutely. Back, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, social media scares me. You it's know you're going to do it with yeah. your kids. Right. Oh, yes. That's why I'm all email. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's so many ways for leaks to happen that this is not an effective way to figure out who no. Google is. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not going to work. But it's symbolic, right? It is. It's and the way symbolic. in which the Trump administration is organized chaos, mm-hmm. and I really believe the administration, or at least certain individuals, Trump, Ben, and maybe others, love all of this, right? The fact that the Shaking whole thing is, is crashing down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's Why? no, you can't govern. Yeah. Which no, they don't, maybe they don't right. care about. No. Yeah. 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 My reassuring news story of the week is the fact that (laughs) in this uh, world in which robots are going to take over and become our overlords, the mates were fought back this week. I don't know if you saw, there were two different stories. One in which France is training eagles to attack drones midair. No way! Yeah. So these eagles fly up and, you know, destroy drones midair. And then, of course, the other story was the tiger story in which they had drones at this tiger. It was originally a refuge. Mm. Uh, It turned out to be it was a tiger farm where they were using (laughs) it to harvest tiger organs, which is terrible. Oh, my God. But but the tigers, like, destroyed these drones, like, grabbed these drones out of the air and destroyed them. I wish there was a visual that everyone could see what he's doing right now. It was very animated. (laughs) But it, it makes me feel better that, that the robots aren't going to take us take over. That should make uh, me make, feel better. There's a way to get rid of drones. Yeah. Why would that make me feel better? You're anti-drones. Like drones. 
Do I not like these drones? I mean, maybe the way Obama used them. Either. Oh, yeah, those drones I don't like. Yeah, yeah. The funny drones you know, that, like, animals can swan out of the sky? I'm like okay. the That's my nephew has, for example, <laughs> yeah. like in yeah. the backyard. Yeah. Tiger eagle. Yeah, the the tiger, tiger eagle. eagle. <laughs> Do you have a reassuring news story of the week? No, I mean, my Bill Paxton died. I'm so yes. distraught about yes. it. Yes. I'm so sad. I agree. He was the extreme. Yeah. He's just so sad. Like, half of my soundboard was Bill Paxton. I don't have my soundboard today. Yeah. I'm so sad about it. My <sighs> happy news story is I'm super excited that Moonlight won Best Picture. Supposedly. That, was, <laughs> that whole thing had me sitting straight up like, what is happening? Wait, who won it? What happened? And, Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have a question. You have small children I and do. you go to the movies? <laughs> so this is why being on sabbatical, I'm yes. totally putting myself on blast. I actually hell? said this, this to Bill. I went to a movie on like a Monday afternoon because my kids are in school and I'm on sabbatical and I can do whatever I want. And I went to see Moonlight on like a Monday afternoon and it was all middle-aged white people in this theater. Mm. There were like eight of us and... I was weeping, and nobody else understood why the movie was so beautiful. But I'm enlightened, and I got it. That's how I went to a movie with small children. Still unacceptable. <laughs> well, come two weeks from now when I'm back teaching, I will not be able to go to movies. But When my students bring up like hipster movies that people are watching, I just nod and, and like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think the yeah. oldest I have ever seen you is when you said hipster went air. <laughs> Were they wearing suspenders, and do they have man buns? <laughs> they were troublemakers, oh, that's for oh sure. God. <laughs> God, so much has changed. Oh. Five minutes? Five, five years yeah. since I've been here. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we're, we're wrapping up early. No, that's good. That's good, nice. Good work. How far are we in? What time? What's our time? One twelve. This is good. Yeah. yeah that's good. not bad. Yeah. Bill, Bill yeah. cut me off talking about federalism because he saw that it wasn't going anywhere. Well, the, the emails. The emails are suggesting we need to be shorter. No, that was good. I, I appreciate it. This one email we got. Yeah, from Phil. Yeah. From Phil. Test. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else, guys? So, so next week we've got a... a is it, if everything works out right, we've got a special guest, which is a friend of mine, Justin Clausen, who's a professor from uh, Bellarmine University in Kentucky. He's um, a dirty Canadian, so we're going to talk about <laughs> immigration with him. Lovely. We're, we're going to talk immigration. We're going to talk, uh, well, of course, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the next seven days? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about immigration some. So. All right. Well, he better we'll forward to it. bring some sort of beer. That's all I can say. Some good Canadian beer, maybe. Not what? PBR, like but like Labatt. a good Canadian what? beer right yeah. now. <laughs> There's no such thing. Yeah. That's a good Canadian beer. There's no such thing. Maybe that should be, it's hey listeners, no if you know of a good Canadian beer, you should yes. let us know. Yeah, email us. There we go. We'll also accept him just chugging straight Kentucky whiskey or bourbon Here or something. Works. Maybe he'll sit in a diner with Steve Bashir. Yes. Oh, yes. That would be fun. With khakis and a blue Oxford and loafers, like yes. everyone that was sitting in the diner. Oh, oh loafers. Poor old man. <laughs> hey, did you see that? What's his name? The Was it the... Yeah, what's his name? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three beers. Com was it the Commerce Secretary? Who was the guy who had the $600 loafers with his... Did you see this? No. <laughs> Is this Mnookin, oh. or what is his name? Mnookin? I don't remember. Never mind. <laughs> Should we, can we pretend like this last 30 seconds didn't yeah, happen? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll edit it edit out. Edit that out later. Well, Google $600 loafers. Is it like the $400 John Edwards haircut? Is yes, yes. Is? Oh, my God. Well, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, again, uh, if you guys have the opportunity, follow us on Facebook. This will... Um, 
This episode will be up on iTunes very shortly. I don't know why I'm telling you this because you're not going to know it until it's actually up there. <laughs> so just for future weeks, yeah, no, I'm it's three beers, three tired. Beers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, something I'm stalling for time. How about while you do that, I say thank you for having me back. Oh, yes, thanks for coming back. I love, this is great. I love coming. Yeah. Hopefully again, I didn't make an ass of myself, and you'll invite me back. Oh, again. You're, you're the you're the regular guest. Yay! <laughs> yeah. I have like, I, do I have like my name's on the credits? Yes. Finally, yes. Like, regular guest appearance. Bye. Yep. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. We will see you guys next week then. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.